recording in progress. We're for another, live on we're the tape. To tape and then <laughs> slightly edited for post-production purposes and massage to put on another edition of Generation Zenial with Keith and Vinny, your, your gracious host. This is episode number 20. We've made it to the 20th episode. I feel like it's a landmark occasion for podcasting all around the world. Uh, you know, our dozens or dozen, maybe dozen fans are cheering in their cars as they commute to and from work. They're so happy right now. At least that's when my we wife made it, listens to We made to it to episode 20. I, I always get confused when I my wife pulls into the garage and I open up the door to greet her and I hear my voice playing from the car stereo and go, stop listening while I'm here. I hate hearing my own voice. I know. I can't stand hearing my own voice either. <laughs> yeah, we love talking. It's amazing. I do. Yes, we do. I do love talking, but I don't like listening to myself. Oh, my God. I, when I, I, I made a new YouTube video. Here's a plug. I, just, just another guy talking about stuff. YouTube channel. Go check it out. I just saw um, that it came up on my feed. Yeah, my, my chicken my chicken sandwich video. And my biggest problem is when I have to edit, obviously I have to listen to myself talk and it's like excruciating. I'm like, oh why did why 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 am I doing this? And it's just like, oh I hate this. And then and then I put the video out and people people like it. Well, I've, like I, I've been I've been doing a lot of uh, video tutorials for my classes, and yeah, I, it's a I, I hate listening to myself, but it's great because now I don't have to explain the same thing a thousand times. I can like, okay, we're going to talk about it in class, and now if you forget what I said, here's a ten minute version of that that you can stop, pause, rewind. I think the the greatest thing I've figured out is how to pause between things, so that way I have edit points. Otherwise, I, I drive myself nuts in the edit afterwards. Yeah, yeah. I notice myself doing that. Like, if I yeah. want to redo a take and I go on too fast, and then I have to, like, find, like, an exact, like, half a second where I've actually, like, paused exactly. <laughs> to, try, to try to cut that. that yeah, that can be annoying. So yeah, there's a little tip for you out there, uh, your, you amateur filmmakers out there. When you're, when you're, if you're shooting your own content, make sure you give yourself a nice pause in between takes to uh, nice, give yourself a nice little edit point. You know, that's well, I think that's one of the one of my intro class. The first thing, one of the first things they they shoot is a, a we just do a simple um, three angle cut for a conversation. So he's like, here, just record a knock knock joke. That way you don't have to think of the material. Here's the material. Record two people telling a knock knock joke from three different angles and then cut together. And I always say, don't be on top of each other's lines. One person speaks, pause. The other person speaks, pause. And the post, you cut it together and change the rhythm. Otherwise, it's going to be on top of each other constantly. Why do I hear? Do you hear that notification in the background? No, I didn't hear anything. That's what, I have everything shut off, but something. What 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 window is making noise in my ears? It's weird. I'm just going to close all my browser windows because something. Oh, I I figured out where it was. My I, I have my Slack window open on the side over here. I don't, and, know, that, I don't and know what Slack is. Slack is the messaging app for businesses. Except Ooh. my friends and I use it for our our D and D chat. <laughs> so it's like skype it's it's well no yeah i don't know it's like whatsapp but not it's slack slack but i just heard it. i was like doo, doo, doo. i was like why, why am i getting notifications because i also have my computer set to do not disturb so i don't know why it was popping up in my ear because um, slack doesn't care about do not disturb <laughs> slack is like we are about business and you need to know when business is happening and Screw you in your do not disturb. disturb (laughs) We are coming for you. Let we're letting you know that we're here. We're slack. So, 
so before before we even talked about what we were going to talk about today, I was I was I I knew we were going to have to inevitably talk about yet another uh, sad shooting event in this country, and I was thinking because of our generation being Xennials, you know, I don't know about you, my first recollection of a mass shooting was probably Columbine. Yeah, I think that was the first like public big publicized like mass mass shooting. Um, of our generation, it ha- obviously, it happened in a school. It was it was all over the news. It was a, it was a big deal. Um, happened on 1999. It's a date that I don't think a lot of people will forget. Um, yeah, we were in college. I remember that. Yep, I remember we're seeing yeah. the news. So we were like right that's out our, of high school. That's our freshman year of college. It would have been our freshman year. Right? Yeah, April 1999. That's our freshman year. So I, I'm pretty sure we definitely had to like write papers or two docs about it. I and I distinctly remember. Um. Uh, was it the next year or the year after? Because Michael Moore released the film called Bowling for Columbine, and we at the time it was only he like wasn't as big as he is now. It was like you know after his series and one other film, this was like one of his first major things, and so it wasn't in the major theaters. We had to go see it in like some art house theater in Stanford. So like you know we we loaded two carloads of students up and we drove down there to watch it. And that was his. That was the second big movie, wasn't it? Yeah, Roger and Me was a. Roger and Me one. was the big one in the eighties. And then he had, but he also had like a little mini series about. Yeah, he know, had a TV show. Yeah, yeah, TV on, show in the, in the early nineties. I do remember that. But Bowling for Columbine, you're right? I think it was his first major, like aside from Roger and Me, it was his first major thing that was out there. And then, of course, after that, Fahrenheit 9/11 was actually released in theaters, which I I always love, <laughs> the irony of people, because. He gets uh was it an Oscar? I think he won an Oscar for it. For bowling for Columbine, I believe. For, yeah. No, for Fahrenheit nine eleven. Oh, did he? So he I'm pretty wins. sure he won an award for for Colum, for bowling for Columbine as well. Well, I, the 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 Fahrenheit nine eleven one sticks out in my head because he wins the award for the movie, and we all and and if you know what it was about, you know he did a whole um wow I it's been so long since I've seen it, but it was a really good documentary about nine eleven, and. He wins this award. He goes up. He starts giving a speech. And as during his speech, which he continues talking about the topics of the movie, people boo him. The people that just applauded him for winning the award are now booing him on stage for speaking more about the movie. Right. Well, we, like, talk, oh, we talked just... about this last week and when we talked about like the, the protest songs and, 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 and cancel culture and like how right. in, in the, in the, in the <laughs> there's cancel like, culture right there. Yeah. It was, it was very unpopular to, to speak out against, um, you know, the war in Iraq and, and George Bush in certain circles, obviously. I mean, I think as time went on, um, you know, George Bush was found a little bit, a little bit less favorably, but I think people forget how popular like he was and and the war in Iraq was in the in the early or early to mid 2000s at least right um you know everyone was everyone was kind of hungry for blood at the time um so yeah I mean it was different times compared to you know the, the political scene we have today um where you know I think we have two very very loud sides going at each other whereas you know back then and George Bush even had you know relatively popular support even though obviously he uh kind of stole that election to even be there in the first place but that's a whole nother oh yeah that's a that's a that's a whole nother documentary on it but yeah i think people do forget how popular like you know post 9 11 that whole that whole ideology was well Um, you know it's it's you ride on that wave of you know nationalism 
because anytime a tragedy happens to the country like that, and now now we stop looking at each other as enemies and we look outward to another enemy, and it allows people to forget that we don't hate each other. Although there, but we can't forget during that time there was just like now there's a rise in hate crime against AAPI, no IP, Asian American Indo Pacific. The, yeah, I, mean, I, I learned a new term this past week. There's it, a rise it in hate even more. So there's a new the board, but, well, but there, there was a you know there's, there's a rise the, in white supremacy across the board as well. But you know we see the ri rise in hate crimes against Asian Americans because of the coronavirus, and at the after 9/11 you saw a rise in hate crimes against people that looked Middle Eastern. Yeah, necessarily didn't even have to be Muslim, but right. if they you know if they if they came across as, as you know someone who would stereotypically look like a Muslim, that then they were. Um, Right. Basically ostracized. And exactly. Even though the people that, you know, committed 9-11 was a very, really a small group. Yeah, mostly Saudi Arabians, but we couldn't do anything about that because, you know, oil. Oh, yeah. That, yes, that's right. Backed by the Saudi government that we were friends with. So well, we, we sell them tons so, of weapons. We can't do anything about that. So. Well, we also sold Afghans. So let's, so let's go we to sold, Afghanistan. But we also gave Afghans tons of weapons to fight the communism in Russia. In the 80s yes yes well all uh, that's the, the 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 part that you know i'd so i find it so weird that people of our generation get tend to be a little bit more educated about this than the people that actually grew up in it because they those people you know our parents generation were kind of like with reagan and all that we're, we're so, sold the patriotic line and all this and stuff there was so much anti-communist propaganda that we didn't right. have to that we didn't grow up with and deal with like you, you know our parents uh, grew up with this like huge anti-communist oh sentiment that you still see that you still see today. Like it's still out there. Obviously. Well, watch the movies from the eighties, you know. Um, oh God, like Red Dawn. And, uh, oh, Red Dawn, Iron Eagle, things like that. <laughs> I yeah, sorry, Iron Eagle is one of my favorite movies of all time. It, for no you know, they're not bad movies, but they are definitely. Um, <laughs> no, Iron Eagle is a pro, bad movie. Pro, pro, pro military. Pro, pro military, pro, you know, pro America, anti anything that's not democracy. Um, but we going back to my point about Afghan, like we forget, you know, people very quickly forget that all those weapons that and all those tactics and all the knowledge that was used against us in things like 9-11 and other wars were things we gave them. We, okay. we enabled this to happen. And then if you go back even further. And again, this is this is when History Channel was great, by the way, back in the late 90s, early 2000s. Before it was all when, go you, shows. when you actually learned about history and, and like gold mining and stuff <laughs> what, like what that. What is on the History Channel anymore? I don't even know. I don't even know. But, you know, they, once in a while they have, like, a good miniseries that's really well done. But other than that, it's all reality TV crap now. But, you know, one of the things I, I learned also, if you even go back further, like, you know, a century and a half back, is when, like, we first abandoned a Middle Eastern country. Because, like, we, we helped, you know, trip, you know, if you know the Marine theme song, there's, you know, from the halls of Montezuma to the shores of Tripoli. Tripoli is in the Middle East, and... Um, I forget the whole thing right now, but at one point we had committed to help out and then, you know, change of presidency, things like that. All of a sudden we pull out and we abandon them. And we as Americans, because we are a young country, also have a short memory. Nations that are centuries old, millennia old, have a very long memory. And they don't forget <clears throat> they don't forget that we did that. We, we committed troops to help you out and then we pulled the troops out. They don't forget that. But we don't teach that about we don't teach about that in the history books. We just teach about how great we are, and most Americans have no idea 
you know, that we were aiding foreign governments in the 1800s. Like, that's not known. Right. Uh, I mean, I mean, the history of America is basically a history of, like, doing things like this stuff. And then, like, when, when other countries retaliate or, or do some actions against us, we just raise our hands and what what did we do? Why, why, why is this happening? I mean, you can even say the same thing about 9-11. I mean, it was de- it's definitely an unpopular opinion. But, um, you know, we kind of created the monster, like you said, um, mm-hmm. when, it com- when it comes to what happened. Um, not only with Osama bin Laden, but, like, not listening to what the people of, of a country, like, want because we're just gonna we as a superpower always act in our own best interest not necessarily thinking about what's in the best interest of the people that we're we're affecting overseas um but yeah that's but and and, 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 you know that that goes back to like this this whole theme that i'm thinking of right now is that just like history keeps happening and 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 nothing seems to change you know it's always it's always seems to be whatever's in the best interest of of the ruling class Right for for the superpowers of of any country that's been a superpower, um, you know that's that's a that's a pretty typical and 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 you know even going back to to, to the shooting and what I was going to say about um, if you watch Bowling for Columbine now, it's a lot of the same talking points that are still being made twenty years mm-hmm. later. It's you know things aren't things aren't progressing the way that we we think they are sometimes, um, but things really aren't, especially when it comes to things like guns and our foreign policy um those two things specifically seem to be something that's been like very stagnant throughout our life and even before that it's hard to argue right and and talk about the ruling class and that nothing's changed you know again it's a cycle of mass shootings so thoughts and prayers talk for change people forget nothing happens another mass shooting and it's like kind of the cyclical thing that always happens and And Nothing it's happens the because the, the people that... It's the same arguments that you see online. It's the right. same arguments you see on your news. Oh, yeah. It's, you can't take my guns. We, it's it's, it's our a second, constitutional right. No, amendment. it's a militia. No, it's, it's you know, oh, the four, the founding fathers, you know, wanted to make sure that, we, you know, people had arms. And that was, you know, what we don't talk about is that was probably because they, you know, they want to keep their slaves. That's has a, that has a big thing to do with, <laughs> you know, the fact that, you know, we want to make sure that the, that the, "Quote unquote," public was armed. We didn't. They didn't want the public armed. They wanted themselves armed, so they could like, squash any slave revolts. You know, let's, uh, let's be honest. Like that's that's basically what it was about. Because um, people don't really think of it in that frame. I mean, like no. we talked about this how many times in the, on the show about how people like venerate the the founding fathers and how great they were, but honestly, they were just a bunch of slave owners that wanted to hold on to their property and didn't like the fact that Britain might have been like infringing on their their yeah, right to their, their taking their, some their of their quote, profit quote, right to their to their private property because england had a lot of bills to pay at the time and they right. were like well we need you're a colony we need to cash in on you guys and they're like whoa wait a minute <laughs> we're doing pretty well for ourselves now and mm-hmm. the french don't like you and you really don't have the power to be pushing us around anymore and you're all the way over there so you know leave us alone and they're like, we can't leave you alone. Like, we 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 founded you. And they're like, eh, you know what? You're gonna leave but, us alone. But like I said, it was a bunch of rich white guys yeah, that bunch, own right. land. The, that right, it was slaves. the ruling class. It's you know, this, even the founding of this country is is based on that that kind of ideology where the, yeah. the, the ruling class is going to do what's in the best interest of them, not necessarily what's in the best interest of the world. 
but they're going to make it look like they're doing in the best interest of well, the people. That's how they get on. That's how they get the support. Books. They get to write the history books. The, to the so. victor goes the spoils and the history books. You know, actually, I'm going to p- badly paraphrase a meme that I just saw posted two days ago by my father, actually. And it was a, a guy talking to him, and the guy's like, well, the father, founding fathers intended, and she goes, the founding fathers did not intend for me to vote. In fact, they didn't intend for you to vote because you don't own land. You know, so stop telling me what the founding fathers intended because I don't give a crap. Yes. There was even you. more to it than that, but it's like that's what. But you that's know, but that's they, the attitude they didn't I think want more women to vote. To have, but that's not the attitude that we get brought up with in this country. Yeah. We get brought that's, up in the, the, these founding, oh, the founding fathers. fathers. Were oh, the most like, wisest men in the in the history of the world. It's like they're Moses carrying down the Ten Commandments. <laughs> yes. You know, it's like oh well, these are the Ten Commandments from Jesus God. This is enshrined in the in the Bill of Rights, the greatest document in political document in history is the constitution of the United States. And like, if you want to talk about what they intended, they also intended for the constitution to be updated as we progressed. So right. They, really did, talk- they did at least know that, 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 I mean, let's be honest. That's the, what amendments the, are for. Hello. Yeah. The, the, the way amendments are put into the constitution at this point in history is not like near impossible. Oh yeah. Cause you have like, to have what? Two thirds of the state ratify or something. I forget yeah. what the percentage is, but you have to have, majority of the states ratify in order for it to be be made to an amendment so it's you're right it is impossible and oh yeah the political climate of the world of the country right now is, is makes it near impossible i can't, i mean we haven't had an amendment in our lifetime no and that's why you're not going to see anything change right now with with a 50 50 senate you're not going to see any change in gun laws at this point no matter what and what, even if Biden does an executive order, what does that do? That's that's for three years, you know, if unless he keeps the presidency or a Democrat keeps the presidency because executive orders can just get reversed. So I, I, I agree. Executive orders is like a it's a Band-Aid. It's not a solution. You know, it could help in the may might help in the short term. But I don't know. It, it, I feel like nothing. There's not there's nothing big enough that would happen for the gun supporters to change their minds. No. Cause, cause they're so honest, ingrained I mean, in had, their we ideology. A, we had a terrible tragedy about what was nine, about nine years ago, 10 years ago now in, in, Sandy, in Hook. Sandy Hook, Connecticut. Yeah. And, um, the, I do, the States around us did react to right. that at least. And, um, you know, I know Connecticut passed some laws that was around the same time New York state passed the safe act, which is, you know, you, right. still, you still see yard signs out there to repeal the safe act. Whereas it, you know, I don't think the state fact is has statistically proven to make anything worse, but you know, but this is, but then that's, an, I come back to this. Uh, you're just going to see the same arguments that have been going on for the past, at least 20 years about how, um, you know, gun control is unconstitutional. Um, you're going to see things, you're going to see the arguments when we need guns to stand up against the federal government, which is, which is a weird, um, uh, excuse right it's, yeah. it's not you're like i don't know what you expect to do like you like yeah i, I do believe that um in in militias i think we should have strong state militias um that that are regulated by the state I yeah no, well I regulated no militias that. if you read the whole thing it says in support of a well regulated militia not some backwoods militia <clears throat> that's you know a bunch of guys that say hey yeah. we're a militia that's not a militia the militia yeah, is supposed I, to be run by the state. Yeah, and I have no people. With, I have no problem with private citizens owning guns either. But um, I think there needs to be some kind of like accountability um, 
there should be a national gun registry. There should be a national gun registry. I think, I mean, I if think the, people who have... Um, if I have to register my car, why can't you register your gun? Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I, there's people no high-power firearms should, should, should um, have insurance attached to these weapons um, in case there something happens. Even an accident happens. Like, I think I think that's that that's a good way to go about things because people discharge. are a more liable. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, there, I think there's things we can do to help make this country a safer place. Because let's be honest, this is like the only country where this happens at this frequency and and at this level. But if like, you look at the number of guns, the uh, New York Times yesterday had a chart out that showed number of guns per million people, and then also number of deaths, and it's like. You had on the lower left hand were all like these other major countries, and on the top right corner was the U.S. all by itself, far and away from everybody else. And because all these are smaller countries, and again, it's percentage wise, so it's not like, you know, it's a numbers to numbers comparison based on like per million people, and we are just far and away more uh, have a lot more gun problems. And it's and the thing is, we always only talk about it when there's a mass shooting, but the reality is the mass shootings are a very small part of the picture yeah most of it is uh domestic dispute suicide accidents that's when most uh gun deaths occur yeah another argument i want to touch on is, is the argument that people make is like like you said is like well most of this is suicides and so you know how you can't do anything about suicides and it's like yeah but the, the reason why like there's a high rate of suicide with guns is because it's a very effective method yeah, because right. I, I, you know, I put it up and I pull the trigger and it's done. It's not like I took some pills and then there's a chance for recovery. I slit my wrist. And there's a chance for recovery, and right. then I have a come to Jesus moment. It's like, it's a one and done situation unless I'm a very bad shot. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of information out there to talk to talk about this. And like you said, like if there if 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 a if a less lethal mes- method is used, like I think most people that do attempt to commit suicide. Don't actually want to regret kill it at right immediately afterwards. Um, it's a call I, for help, and there, yeah. And I do think that, um, you know, because if you do use a firearm, there's there's very less of a chance that you're going to be able to be recovered recover from that um, mm-hmm. versus like another method where you might actually like have an enlightened moment and say, "Oh my God, I don't want to do this. Like, let me reach out for help right now." Um, so yeah, so yeah, that like suicide is a, is a big part of like gun safety and, and, and gun regulation. And we it's something that the public should do something about. Um, and it's something that the public can do something about. It's not, it's not this like magical thing where like people are just like, well, if you know, people are going to find ways to kill themselves if even they have guns or not. So why not give well, them guns? That's a, that's a, that's a dumb argument. It's just a bad argument. Um, but there's a lot of bad arguments when it comes to guns. Um, there are a lot of good arguments when it comes to guns. Cause you know, I do, I do think there's a there's a level of uh, of safety and protection that can be had if um, and even fun like recreational shooting is, is something yeah. that a lot of people enjoy. I, have I haven't no, done it for a long time, but I do enjoy shooting guns. Yeah, it's I have fun. no problem with like, that. Getting, going to getting to a range and shooting of, a target is it it's fun. I don't care what anyone says. It it's a good time, but but obviously there has to be something. Some we have to do something about this, uh, and we keep saying. But this is the same thing that I'm bringing up. Like we. These are the same arguments that people have been making, like I said, for the past 20 years. Like, I guarantee if we if we've sat down and watched Bowling for Combine, it'd be the same exact arguments that people yep. are making for and against um, gun control. And, and if you – anytime you bring up, like, even just like, oh, well, we should have a national registry or whatever, there's like everyone everyone that's against it always says, it's, well, that's just one step closer to the government taking my gun. You know, it's just – they know where my guns are now. They can come and take them. It's like, no – 
You had eight years of Obama. No one took anybody's guns. In fact, gun sales went through the. They this is the real secret is they love it when Democrats president because they get more gun sales. Oh yeah. Anytime this comes to legislation, they cry. They cry. They're taking. They're coming for your guns. You're taking your guns. You better buy your guns now because you won't be able to buy guns soon. Biden's going to take all your guns. Obama's going to take your guns. But if you want to take your guns, if you want an AR-15, maybe that should be a separate course and a separate license because that is a killing machine. You know, first of all, guns are killing machines. Period. I don't care what you're killing. It's it's designed to kill. You know, that's what a gun is for. Right. Well, that that's here people you talk know, about co- the argument about, well, we got to do something about cars. And it's like, well, we do a lot about cars to make cars safer for people. <laughs> why can't right? we do that about why can't we do the same thing about guns? Um, we you know, we make people get insured, we make people to get a license, we make people there's there's a there's a national guess what? Maybe there's not a national registry, but there's a there's a state registry of all vehicles for everyone who has a driver's license. And you know what? And, and, and if you get caught driving without a driver's license, oh you're man, penal- you're penalized you're penalized yes. for that. And there's been there's been uh, innovations over the years of like finger sensing devices or like you have to wear um, for to unlock the gun or so like when you put your grip your finger on the grip it senses your fingerprints and now you can use it so that way no one else can use your gun or it's a wristband so you have to wear like the wristband and so it's like a Bluetooth proximity like yeah it's like basically an NFC device so that way if someone else picks it up they can't use it. So these things exist now, but um, and there have been attempts to make it uh, in certain states where new guns have to follow these. But there's been so much pushback because, well, well, what if this happens? What if that happens? And like, oh, my God. But it, it, you think about it like, oh, what if a officer's in a situation and that fails and now they can't shoot back? I'm like, how many times does that happen, first of all? And, and, and if, uh, I don't know. Or maybe like you make an exception for the officers. They they don't have to have those guns because they need it to work 100% of the time, and that's a different situation. But for the average citizen, you know, maybe you need to have a secondary device so that way you can use your weapon. Maybe all cops don't need to carry guns. Yeah, that's that's a there's a thought. That is a thought. You know. <laughs> pretty radical thought too i think to a lot of people but it's i don't think it's a it's a very it's something that's out of the question i don't like, think you need every every police officer needs to carry a firearm on them right like but that's like, another that's another, well, that's, whole that's another story a, well yeah well, well, well i can get into that one another day that i don't want that's another that's a rabbit hole and i want facts behind me when i start talking about that stuff because <laughs> i don't want to miss stuff but you know so it, it was another tragedy this week and you know I don't want to say thoughts and prayers to the family, but my heart does go out to them. I, I just hate saying thoughts and prayers because it's always I, – I hear it nowadays and it feels like emptiness. Like it's just an easy thing to say. Um, yeah. I mean, well, I, I don't pray, so I don't really say thoughts and prayers. But, you know, my thoughts definitely do go out to people who experience tragedy. Like I'm not a heartless, you know, piece of crap. But, um, you jerk. but there's something that we can – there's just things we can do about these things. Like, like I yeah. said – this is the only country where this happens in this kind of frequency um, and this kind of severity. So there's definitely some things we, we can do about it. We just, as a nation, kind of refuse to because because of the Constitution, I guess. I don't – I mean, honestly, at this point, I'm not even sure why we do it. Well, but. speaking of the Constitution and how people are violating rights, Georgia is messed up. <laughs> Well, you know, Georgia Georgia just had an election where, where two Democratic senators got elected in a runoff, and Republicans saw that and said, well, we need to do something about this voting thing. 
Too many people are getting. It's too easy to vote. We need it's to make too easy vote, to vote. We need, we need to make voting a little bit more restrictive to make sure these Democrats don't get elected again. And that's that's what it is. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. It's it's you, you see a return the, to Jim Crow. Right. You see in the in the Republican argument is like we like they're literally right now saying that we need less people to vote so so Democrats are so Democrats can't get elected. Right. Um, like that's literally their argument. And they, whether or not they frame it like that, like if you break it down, that that's that's what it comes down to. It comes down to, and I said this before the, the, the last election, I said the, the more people that have access to voting, the more the more liberal and the more Democrats are gonna get elected to, to office and conservatives right. are and they know that, that. And that's and why they, they, know that. they know that. And that's why they're trying to put in, you know, um, in, this, in the Southern states, there's a big thing about, you know, on Sunday voting, the, it's the souls to polls where they go right from church to the polls and they go together and vote in mass. Um, you're right. They're and, doing they're doing things to limit Sunday voting. They're doing things to limit um, hours voting. of voting. You know, closing polls at five o'clock. Like, if you have to work during the day and you can't take the day off, well, first of all, that's another. It should be a national holiday on election day, which isn't you know, even going to help things because you know, if you think about it, like nowadays, even on national holidays, how, people what, stop what to work. What percentage? Yeah, what percentage of this population still has to work on national holidays? Which is why it should be a multi-day event. You there should it should not be one day. No, it, it should needs, be. It election day be should be the last months. day. You you'll give it time for everyone to vote, even if it's, even if it's just a week. You know, give it seven days so you can go through the weekend. You know, over seven days you should have be able to take at least one day off. I hope um, to be able to go and vote. Right, and I but, but this also goes back to things like um, like mail in voting. I mean, yeah. obviously in this past election, and it had a lot to do with coronavirus. Obviously, in a lot of states enacted mail-in voting because they didn't want people crowding around at polls and mm -hmm. it was it was obviously massively successful because we can just see by the number of people that voted in this past election compared to elections past it's it was a very popular program i loved and it it i mean we I early voted we early voted right so we took a day and we walked yep. up down to um to the we, to the polls and and you know did it on a, a saturday we, we voted by mail Sit in line for like a, about an hour, I think. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, like yeah. that's how, but that's how popular like this early voting was because I've right. never, seen, I've never waited that long in in a, in a line on election day. Um, right. But obviously, when you have early voting, you're going to have less less polls open. Um, it's not True. necessarily going to be that one one specific location in your neighborhood. It's it's kind of more for the whole city, so it makes more sense that a lot of people are going to be there. You might have to wait a little bit longer, but then it was done, and I didn't have to worry about election day happening and, and waking up early before work or before my workout or like right. finding when am I going to go to the polls. Like, um, and you just saw how massively popular like all the early voting and the mail-in voting was just by the numbers. So. Like that's that's a good thing. Like I'm I'm a fan of democracy. This is something that I think um, is 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 good for the people. Um, so it's something that I'm for. Um, I think you know. But obviously, there's conservatives out there that aren't very happy that more people are going to be able to have access to voting, and because it, it hurts their chances. Let's be honest. Well, yeah, and and they're going to continue to push the false narrative that you know early voting or mail-in voting leads to more fraud. And all this stuff, which is total nonsense. Yeah, the, I mean, we couldn't find any real instances of, of voter fraud in this past election, with even with the increased mail-in voting. I mean, there's always voter fraud, but it's like point zero 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 eight two percent or something like that. Yeah, like the 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 instance of voter fraud, and a lot of times the voter fraud isn't actual fraud; it's just a, a mistake. A mistake. <laughs> you yeah. know, I voted in the wrong place. I didn't. Yeah, 
even if so there was i thought i was in this ward and wasn't that ward and even if there's like three percent of like i forget what this statistically insignificant basically is the the term like if you're not within a certain outside a certain range it's statistically insignificant if there was voter fraud because it ha, it's not enough to do anything and it's right. it's not as long as it's not enough to actually change the results of an election right and it's not it never yeah. has been it's, it's like a few yeah it's a, yeah like you said it's like probably and, like one and, one tenth no, of a percent or something like that and the only real voter fraud we've even heard of in the last five years has always been from republicans well, that's another story. Too. You know, yeah. co- collecting the ballots from people and changing what their ballots say before handing them in. Like that's uh, Republicans are doing that, not Democrats. Yeah. But they're always accusing Democrats of Republicans. So it's like you're always they're always trying to manipulate the system any way they can. But they're always going to say the other person's doing it. The other the, the immigrants taking your job. They're doing the voting. This and that and the other thing. And it's like, you know what? Illegal aliens don't vote people. They can't. They don't. They're not on the list. You know, it's just it's it's amazing what people believe the stories that are made up just to scare them basically to get them to fall in line well and fear you know fear is a is a strong controller fear is it's the mind a very killer. strong motivator um and you know it's it's a tactic that you know i think people use politically all the time and i'll even say it's not something that the you know both sides do kind of use that yeah um because it is a strong motivator but you know the, the conservatives seem to just like straight out lie about things like this um well, especially, they, when it comes, especially when it comes to immigrants and especially when it comes to voting and, and especially when it comes to like you know things like the economy they, they, need, to, they, they need they need to lie because their arguments really don't hold right they, there's no real truth they, to them so they have they, to lie they have they have to exaggerate things or um bleed out straight out just lie about things um but you know you, that's that's the world we live in you know what else is a good motivator money no tell me money Oh well, yeah. Because I just saw, I, I just saw before, and when I was driving here, I was dropping my kid off. I got a headline on my phone: Dominion Votings has just sued Fox News for like one point two billion dollars for their fraud, for their um, neg- uh, slander. There it yeah. is. <laughs> I couldn't we'll think see. of the right word. <clears throat> I'll be interested to see where that goes. Um, well, remember when they sued One American News, and then they stopped talking about voter fraud all of a sudden. Yeah, and not only stop talking about it, they had to write. They, they shot the mail by pillow guy. They had to have Mike Lindell up. They had to read this like you know press Disclaimer. release. That, yeah, that was basically like, um, no, nah, this is uh, this is all BS. Like uh-huh. we can't say we can't find any fraud that we so we can't report on it. I'm telling you, being don't, uh, please don't please don't sue us, Dominion. Because <laughs> they're yeah. they're and to be fair, One American News is a much smaller organization than Fox is. Oh God, Fox is a giant machine. Um, that also owns the New York Post. Oh, <laughs> do you see the backlash against the New York Post from gun rights activists, by the way? I do not. not gun, gun rights supporters, I mean. Because uh, someone wrote a opinion column in the New York Post uh, supporting gun legislation. Oh, my God. Yeah, you don't do that in the New York Post. <laughs> and, like, people were on social media like, oh, what are you doing? You know, like, they were just ranting against the New York Post, like, all these gun rights um, people. And... <laughs> I do like I do follow the New York Post on Twitter. Um, oh. I think whoever runs their Twitter account oh they tweeted is, an, it is like an evil genius like like very good at, at clickbaity like knows exactly how to um, manipulate the audience. He like I say he I don't know who I don't know if it's a male they they um, they are very good at picking out stories to put on Twitter and putting the headline out there and just like it's it's just like 
throwing chum in the water. Like you can see it, like you, you recognize it and you're like, Oh my God, the comments on this, this post are going to be awful just because I, and people that it, it, you know, it gets a lot of comments, right? Because that's the idea. They're, they're, they're literally just oh, they're throwing, clickbaiting. Yep. Oh, they're just throwing this. And, like, then, and they're just, just reading the headline. They're not even reading the article. Chum. Oh my God. Like, um, Oh God, the story's about like, like, um, God, I can't remember his last name right now. Um, Elliot Page. Yes. Um, oh my God! Every time there's a story about Elliot Page, it knows exactly how to put it out there to frame it to, to like just be like so anti-trans and so like like virile that that it, these people like both sides almost can't help but like pick up and just like you know get you know voice their opinion on on the subject because they know it's such a uh, like it shouldn't be a controversial topic but it is no but it is for, it shouldn't be especially and to I, conservatives and but i then, love when people you also get... have people defending you know elliot page and it just creates just this like firestorm of of, of awfulness on on like the the worst parts of twitter <laughs> you know what i mean i just love when people get outraged about something that doesn't affect their life at all that's the internet, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I know. That's, it is, that's it the, is entire, the internet. You're right. That is social media in a nutshell. Just like <laughs> I'm upset about a thing that doesn't have anything to do with me personally. Yeah. Or my family. Or anybody I know. But I'm well, going to be upset about it. Because it's the downfall of American society in these people's minds. Yeah. Could, I, haven't you seen us fall apart already? Like, you're, they're, taking, they're killing America. I hate, I hate to break it to people. Like, society changes. Like, it happens. You wait. You wait until next week when the gas prices go over three dollars, and they blame a Biden for it. Even they've already like, blamed. No, they're already blaming yeah, Biden. But, but it's going to go. Biden but it's going to go over gas prices. It's going to go up even higher because of the tanker that's stuck in the Suez Canal. Yeah. So, so, but they're going to blame Biden, even he has nothing to do with it. You know, they, they some, already blamed him. They already started blaming him because because gas prices went up like before he got elected. Twenty cents. Gas prices started going up, and then yeah. they just tell, guess what? They go. They they tend to go up after the. Number one, they tend to go always go up in the spring. Number two, right. people are returning to work, right? People are starting to travel again. Two, yep. So gas prices are going to supply and that. demand. It's simple like economics, but I don't know why. It's oh, so hard and number to three, there was uh, there was a devastating winter storm in Texas that shut down refineries for like a week. Oh yeah, remember that whole big thing? You know, so everyone needs to go back to like high school economics class and learn about supply and demand again, and how how that works because demand goes up. Supply doesn't adjust. Prices go up. Oh, it's so weird how that that happens. No, it's because Biden got elected and he's oh. anti-oil. And obviously the socialist government is going to cause gas prices to go through the roof. Anarcho-Bidenism is going to just make gas prices skyrocket. And pretty soon it's going to be up seven, eight dollars. And that's, it's going to turn the what, frogs gay. That's what Trump said. Trump's, Trump in his speech at CPAC was like, pretty soon you'll be paying seven, eight dollars a gallon for gas. Well, oh, my God. Yeah, it's just gonna go up to seventy dollars. But how many times have we heard that? How many times have we heard that in the past fifteen years? After, since Obama you know, became president, the 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 most ever had was a, Hurricane our, Katrina. Our oil, our oil yeah. policies are gonna cause seven seven dollar a gallon gas, eight dollar a gallon gas. And guess what? I think the most it's gotten was when like Bush was president, and it was like what, four dollars. Yeah, that was because of Hurricane Katrina. Really. You know, the our gas prices went through the roof after Hurricane Katrina because of all the refineries that got knocked off the line. You know, it's Mother Pretty Nature's simple. a bitch. Pretty simple, uh, yeah. But let's not do anything about that either. So. You know, it's called climate change. Climate change is real, people. And it climate change is going to cause more tragedy, more death, more destruction than anything else that we are doing man-made if we don't 
do something about it. We're not doing anything about it. I mean, we're trying. Some people are trying anyways. Nobody cares. Some people are trying. I buy my plant-based garbage bags. I try to do what I can, you know. No, we've talked we've talked about this, and I don't want to like I don't want to disparage anybody, and I don't want to be like Debbie but Downer about this thing about how small things don't you need a big thing. They need yeah the 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 people in charge of you know the wealth in this world need to do something about it before like the little people do because they're the ones who are causing the most harm to the environment. And yeah, I, like I said, I don't want to disparage anybody from like you know doing doing the right thing and trying to trying to do your part because that's it's important. But at the same it, time, it's it's not really not gonna it's really not gonna help anything. <laughs> and I really not unless everyone does it. Even if everyone no. did, let's be honest, even if everybody in this in this country right now we're like we're we're gonna like um like recycle more and and buy plant based garbage bags and, and even I mean maybe if the entire country went to like electric cars that would do that would have a big impact. Well that's what we, we need to just, we really need to electrify still, the grid more. That's yeah. gonna be you know I, 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 I like to think, but even that right now, like even how local much, governments, how much, how much of our electricity is, is, is like made by fossil fuels and whatnot. A lot. Of, and, I mean, so even, even, it's things like, even things like that is, isn't gonna, isn't gonna change the world dramatic, dramatically yet. Um, but you know, like I said, I just, I hope we get there. Um, cause I think by the time we're in our like seventies and eighties, we're, we're going to, look back uh, and be like we 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 screwed this planet and it's there's no there's no coming back from it well so, by then i hope to have beachfront property because that's where the ocean I, will be yeah the ocean will be in <laughs> in my backyard yeah like, and, okay kids go swimming just mind the house that's buried underneath the water over there yeah and yeah don't hit the chimney of the, of the house and yeah. you know make sure you check for radiation after uh <laughs> after you get out of the water because oh yeah. I don't want, I don't want to... <laughs> you just brought yeah see that's what I said I don't want to be a dummy downer and like I don't want to like bring bring I always bring, I, I always think like down but it's it's things things need to change on a large scale level that 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 isn't going to happen and it isn't going to happen fast because I mean the the global economy isn't going to allow it the way the way we the way we do things right now is like because we have such global competition mm-hmm. um you know China's not going to China's not anytime soon going to stop polluting because they're, you know, they want, they care about the environment. They're, they're going to do it because they're making money off of it. And other countries are going to see that and be like, well, if they're not going to do it, what, why, why should we do it? They're, they're one of the biggest, they're the biggest country in the world, right? They're, they're huge and they're the, probably mm-hmm. one of the worst uh, polluters of the world. Oh, so definitely. if they're not going to do anything about it, why should we do something about it? And then, you know, just compounds get, just compound the problem. And like I said, I, I, I hope there is a, a comeback from this. I'm starting to be pretty doubtful about, about that. And like I said, and by the time we're in our 70s and 80s, hopefully we can make it that far. Like I'm, I'm really concerned about what the world's going to look like. As far as climate goes, anyway. Um, yeah, everything else I'm... is kind of up in the air as well. But Everything's up in the air. I mean, um... yeah. Um, yeah. There's, you know, we can't ignore the, the the rise in like fascism across the world too. Um, I think it got kind of got put under a microscope when Trump was president, um, but now that he's gone, I'm I'm worried that people are gonna just kind of forget about like the problems that that got us to Trump, and we're gonna end up with an even smarter and we're gonna be, uh, worse, with a smarter Trump, worse Trump. 
like worse I you know, Trump ideology, but even but, like smart politically smarter to the fact where he can actually accomplish but, things. But, wants, but talks like Reagan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I still say Reagan was the worst thing to happen in this country in the in the history of of the United States. Because you take a smooth talking politician, gets you to believe the things. Oh, triple down economy, blah 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 blah, all this stuff. And it's, War and it's on still drugs. Per, it still permeates to this day. It's, it really does. It, oh, people it, still believe still, in a trickle on economy. People is, still um, believe in the war on drugs that doesn't do anything. Right. It actually um, makes things worse. Because, you know, a lot of that, like we said, that, that propaganda machine was, was huge in the so 80s. Good. And that was, you know, when we were growing up and when, you know, people slightly younger than us or older than us were uh, were very impressionable. And you, you, you kind of see it in our politics of today. It's... It, is uh it's not it's not great i like i said reagan like people say trump is the worst president of all time i still say it's reagan because reagan was much more successful in his messaging um i think trump did a better job of dividing us as a people um he he made it better he made it a lot easier to, to to make that gap especially between you know pushing the conservatives to the right and at the same time i think liberals have been pushed to the left a little bit um thanks to you know popular candidates like Bernie Sanders, obviously, um, and AOC, like the, the them sock idea is getting a little, get getting a little more push, but even, even now that the election's over and Biden won, you, you don't, you don't really see them as, um, they're not as prominent as I think they used to be when they had like Trump to, to oppose them because now Biden's president. So it's a little bit harder for them to, to push back, um, you know, on, on liberals than it would be to push back against like, you know, an obvious fascist. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, Reagan, like you said, Reagan is it was good, great at messaging, and and during that time, he just he had everybody behind him. You know, like he was very popular. He was super very, popular. Very popular. Like you look at you look at the way he won his elections. Like they like you know he he didn't it wasn't like Landslide. Trump. Like, he lost the popular vote by three three million. No, still won. he won he, everything. He won everything. You know, P, Carter Carter was like unpopular 40, at the end like of his forty eight states of his in his reelection yeah, campaign, so, didn't he? Yeah, he it was insane. Um, but you know, you think about it, it go, you went from a gener- the greatest generation fighting world war two that then becomes, you know, this start of the middle class raises the new generation of boomers that follow this really, very political, you know, uh, patriotic mindset. And then they have this president in the eighties that and they, like, the boomers are in their youth, they're starting their families and they have this president that's talking how great the country is. And they believe all of that. And they believe everything he says and they, and they follow him, you know, and then 30 years later, we look back and go, what did we do? Why? Did well, we that, do I mean, and that, and that's, you know, that's the conservative like messaging is, is that they're very good at pinpointing a certain demographic and, and engaging with them, knowing that that's how they're going to win political favor mm-hmm. and just literally ignoring everybody else and not, not even ignoring, like, like causing harm to other, to other groups. Um, in the hopes that that harm will support their base. Right. I mean, you saw it. You saw it with the war on drugs and how they they attacked the African American community. You saw it with the how they ignored the AIDS pandemic and you know the the queer and LGBT community. Um, yeah, I mean that Reagan was just an awful, awful president, and he'll never get held accountable for that because of how popular he was in in, in that time. So. Maybe when the history books get written a hundred years from now, we'll get his 
do justice. Depends who's going to write those history books. Well, that's, that's the other part of it. You know, is, speaking, if, the, so, if, if the capitalists are still writing the history books, then Reagan's he's going to he's he's the capitalist hero. Let's be honest. He's, well, well, speaking of rewriting history, how do you feel about rewriting movies? Um, you like my transition? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think we're going to talk about uh, the Justice Snyder League, cut. The, the Justice League, the new Snyder. Now, now, Justice League. I will um, be honest. I have not watched either version because after the original Man of Steel and Superman killed the villain at the end of the movie, I was like, you messed up <laughs> because Superman doesn't kill people. And I just – I have not been interested in watching another DC movie well, since Zack then. Zack Snyder's – Superman kills people. He I just, kills I'm General not... Zod. And he killed – listen, he, he killed him in the in the – Donner cut of and no, not the Donner cut. The the Richard Spencer cut of Superman two. He he you know right. he knocked him down the well or the the Fortress of Solitude. But it wasn't the first movie. Like we saw the first <laughs> the yeah, but we never see. He could be alive still. We don't know. <laughs> I think I think that was in the in the um in the Donner cut. I think they are actually like apprehended by police at the end of the movie, which is kind of weird. Like I don't know what kind of cell you put um you know Superman in. Um. But anyway, yeah, uh, I will say this about the Snyder Cut. If you have four hours to tell a story, you can tell a more coherent and um, detailed story. If you, if you, if you tack on two hours, um, you know, the, the, it should have been two movies. I think that was the original plan. And I think that's, I think this movie, the, the new cut kind of, gives gives credence to that idea of, of making it two movies because what happened with the original one is you just they just tried to cram way too much into a into a two-hour film mm. and a lot of things just kind of got blown by the, the plot started to you know weaken a little bit because you didn't really have any backstory the villain itself wasn't had like you knew that you know they hadn't Basically, the villain had no chance. Like they didn't build up the villain at all to make him like seem powerful. Like, um, and the Snyder Cut did a good job of that. Um, you know, I'll, I'll get. Into, I don't think I can really get into spoiler territory in a movie that's you know came out in 2017. And no, there's no. Spoilers. The Snyder Cut doesn't really, um, you know, change any huge plot points. It just basically like adds a lot to it and um, embellishes. And yeah, well, I mean, it, it, it. It, it added a couple scenes where you know Steppenwolf, who was the villain, um, you know looks a little bit more powerful. Um, it, it made the, the need for Superman a little bit greater. Um, Cause basically I think in, in the, in the, um, in the original, in the, in the Joss Whedon version, it just, it was, it felt like, all right, Steppenwolf's here. He, he attacked the, um, what is the, the, the Amazons to get the mother box. I think the, they didn't, I don't think they showed him taking it from um, Atlantis. Um, and it was just kind of like real quick, like here's Steppenwolf, he's the bad guy. He, he does some things. <laughs> Don't nobody really knows what his what his what his strengths are or his weaknesses. And, now go fight him. Uh, yeah, and it was like okay, well, or oh, we can't beat this guy. He's too powerful. We need Superman. Oh, let's go, Superman. Bring him back. Superman's not a good idea. Are you sure about that? No, it's a good idea. Let's do it. And everything just moves so fast. Where this. It, it kind of builds up a little bit more tension between the group about like you know whether or not we should res resurrect Superman, how are we gonna resurrect Superman. That that plan got drawn out a little bit more too. Um, there was a little bit more tension involved with that story. So you know, but like I said, you, you, you take four hours to to tell a story, you're gonna be able to tell a more coherent story than you can in two hours. It's just the way time works. 
you know, it's not not, not well, a secret. I mean, I'll be honest. I don't mind a four hour movie if it's worth it. You know, I I'm I'm always a fan of. Because, you know, students, they're doing projects for me. Like, oh, how long does it have to be? I said, it has to be as long as it needs to be. If it needs to be four hours, it needs to be four hours. <laughs> you know? Like, how many, each Lord of the Rings was four hours, and there's three of them. And I watch all of them. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> no, they're good. If it's, the quality's good, who cares how long it is? The studio. Personally. Obviously, the studio cares. But then, if that's you, where they if you have a four hour, If you have a four-hour movie, you can only show that movie. Yeah, you show it times versus the a two-hour movie. You can show that movie double the double the amount of times, which means you make. Let's more be money. real here. They make more money not in the movie theaters anymore. They make more money on the on the releases of the discs and overseas. That's where they actually make more money. You yeah. you they do make a certain box office in the country in the U.S., but most uh, theatrical releases make more money in theaters overseas and in the uh, DVD and TV rights later on. But you could also get more viewings, and and the and your box office is something that you can um, kind of brag about in your marketing. You can. Um, so that's another big part of it as well. Um, but yeah, that's that's basically I think a lot of because there's you know there's tons of stories out there about studios cutting down movies so they can get um, more viewings in the theaters because right. yeah even if they even if they can make more money in other in other markets um, they still care about making money and so <laughs> the more viewings for them I, I think is what they're looking at is making you know being more beneficial uh, this is the problem with producers well it's it's the, it's studios. the problem with capitalism capitalism really <laughs> yeah i mean I can always you get in the way of telling a good story I by constricting yeah. how long it is exactly. i mean and this is where the MC, you know marvel is kicking butt over dc is because you you know the russos had freedom to do what they wanted to do and they to, can release it through. I think to an extent. I think Marvel, no, has, I think Marvel does have a history of, of hiring directors that they know they can control. Um, yeah, right. I think that's why the Russo brothers got a chance is because they weren't very very well known. They're excellent directors. I mean, obviously, they uh, they had they did they had a big hand in Community. So I have to give them applause for that because that's my favorite show of all time and the best television show of all time, obviously. But um, but I think uh, yeah, I think Marvel did pick their directors based on how well they could control them mm. um i think that's why edgar wright kind of got bumped off atman ant-man um he had his ideas and marvel was like eh, we have our ideas so you can our ideas are going to win out because we own the properties but i mean you talk about capitalism in, in in storytelling um i think this is another reason why we see the movies that we that are coming out now is because anything that anything that's going to come out in the mainstream seems to be that it needs to be already tested and proven that to make money before it even gets a chance. Um, you know, I actually, lot. I actually just heard a great story about this, about the, the rise and fall of cinema recently, because you know, you go back to like the eighties when you had, or the early eighties, late seventies, when you had like single house theaters, they could only show one movie in there. And then, when they started, they start chopping those up and like show two screens in smaller theaters. So you have these like bowling alley style theaters, and then when you get the the megaplex. AMC was the one that first made the megaplex. Now you have twenty screens. Now you need more content to fill the screens. So you find in the late eighties, early nineties, um, and also they also invented the stadium seating because before that was just a auditorium. Now you have stadium seating so everyone can see the screen without obstruction. 
but when you get to 20 screens and all they're all good screens and all you know some bigger some smaller but whatever you you have a need for more films all of a sudden so that's when you get people taking a chance and making pulp fiction and making some other movies that would not have been made had there not been a need for filling screens and then of course after that they go you know what instead of making a bunch of movies we just show the same movie on five screens and that's what you get now. The, the, the most popular movies. We've yeah, you get you get the new releases showing on this half of the theater, and everything else that was already out showing on the other half. Right, and then but then you also like you said you get studios like not taking chances on on right. maybe more controversial topics. Or so stuff. they were for a while. There was like a uh, what was it? I think they said 1999 was the best year in cinema history because you had the most like movies released that year, and they're like most top quality movies. Like um, the Matrix was that year. Oh, there's a whole list. I can't think of the list now. It's a, it's a long list. I think Fight, Fight Club. Club. Yeah, Fight Club. American Beauty, I think, might have been around that time. American Pie. American Pie. <laughs> but it's like a it's like a long list of like blockbuster movies were all released in 1999. I, no, I believe it. Um, another that thing was like the we, pinnacle. I mean, but you know, that's that's media. I think another thing that um, that overlooks too is like the proliferation of VHS tapes. I think when VHS tapes became widely popular. In the mid '80s, you saw a, a huge need for home the home video market. And I think that's when you saw a lot of like these like directed directed VHS movies come out. Um, that's and that's you know that was the big heyday of the the horror genre because horror movies are obviously a little bit cheaper to make. People don't really need to, you don't really need a extensive plot to make a good horror movie. You just kind of right. need the good good special effects and, and you know back then. You don't even need you know, good special, special effects, effects. Let's be were, honest. Were, were relatively, were relatively cheap. No, I mean not great special effects, but you, you know that that old school. Um, you know, I do miss all that old school practical like, stuff. Um, practical, practical horror and horror like that. You don't. That's something you don't. You don't get anymore. Um, I don't. Even, I don't know why people don't try it more. I think it, it would be wildly popular. I love um, practical effects. Everyone, I think most people who who like film, especially horror movies, like dig practical effects way more than they, they dig CGI. It's more real, realistic looking, even when it's not realistic looking. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's that's my story. <laughs> you sticking to it? Sticking to it. Well, that was a good story, and um, I wrote down here Winter Soldier to talk about too, but I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I know you, um, you watched it. I watched the first episode. I haven't watched the second episode yet. I think it comes out on Thursdays, which was yesterday. Um, um, it was it was decent. It, I, I like I was telling you before we, we went on the air. It, it's I feel connected to the to the to the universe, and I feel like it's one of those things where like if I miss a story or a, a, a bit of the story, like I'm gonna miss things in the future, which probably isn't even true. But I mean, that's I give it I give Disney credit for 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 marketing like that to me anyway. Um, you know, I feel like I feel like I'm going to miss out on even characters that I really don't even care that much for. Um, right. You know, these two characters are kind of were kind of side characters in the movies. They, they, they definitely really were have, ancillary characters. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't really have much of a much of a story to them, but now they're getting their own TV show to kind of build on that. So it's like, yeah, I like I I, I kind of want to know more. So I'm going to be invested in this. Um, whether or not it's honestly whether or not it's good or not is going to be whether or not I keep watching it. Um, but so far it's been, it's been decent enough to, to, you know, take up 45 minutes of my day and, and check it out. Like I said, like the like guy was saying in the pre-tape, my only thing from a marketing standpoint for Disney, like you're, I feel as though 
you had you just had a very successful run with WandaVision, like super successful. Everyone raved about it, and everyone's gonna compare this to WandaVision because like oh it's another Marvel property, and you're releasing it so close to WandaVision, it's just easy to compare it. Versus if they waited a month or two, you know it was two weeks later they're releasing a new show. Give it a month. Give it a yeah, two well, months just for some lot. breathing room. I, they yeah, probably I think ha- they have a lot to, a lot to, to think. <laughs> yeah. So it's like you got to get these things out straight with Iron's hot. And, and yeah, I think people can try and compare it to WandaVision, but it's a totally different I agree. show. It's a totally different. Like there's the theme is different. Well, because the Captain they, America world the versus everybody else is different. Yeah. I mean, like WandaVision was like groundbreaking for Marvel in the, in the sense that it um, it didn't follow the, the typical Marvel like superhero line of 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 storytelling right it wasn't like super action-packed um right. not that not that falcon with the soldier was like super action-packed but there were not yet you know action <laughs> scenes in the first um you know starting off with an action scene um to, to draw you in that kind of idea where wandavision didn't really have that um it started off with really strong character character um, yeah and also in the, in, in, they used version. nostalgia and stuff like that as well you know right in the old tv format which is which yeah, i think always, got a lot of people hooked always get like, me with nostalgia oh yeah i think you know they know that and they know <laughs> and they're doing they're, it they're not they're not stupid they, they know that how big the nostalgia factor is for people and they know that they can market it that way and, and get people watching and and but it was it was really well done too i just don't want to like market up just propaganda it was i thought it was really well, done. well right now um, i'm looking forward to the obi-wan series so <laughs> yeah that could be good Hello there. Um, you know, uh, I think Star Wars has been very hit or miss the past. Uh, well, I think years. If... I, th- I, th- I do think the new trilogy got a bad rap because I think um, you know people people our age think it was it, it was made for them and it's not. It's made for the, the new generation of Star Wars fans and it seemed to be very popular with that new generation of Star Wars fans. So who you know who am I can to complain about it? Um, hey, you know, if, I, they, we, if there's allowed to be a standard cut of Justice League, can we get a recut of the the new series? <laughs> yeah, we'll make it just one one long like seven hour Star Wars saga. Can can we just like re redo the 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 last three movies? Because okay, there were such good parts of it, but there were also parts of it where I was just like that just doesn't doesn't fit in right with everything else that we know about Star Wars. Yeah, just, like, and I think that was like I said, I think that was the problem. Uh, it, 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 people our age thought it was made for us, and it, it really wasn't. It was I think made, I it think was it made for fifteen year olds. They gave it to the wrong person to do. That probably you know has a lot to do with it. Um, well, let's not get into Star Wars. No, we're not getting into it right now. That's yeah, that's too long. We're running, we're running late. We'll start talking. Maybe we should have started with Star Wars. We yeah, just talked about that for. An we could do hour. that. Well, we'll do that next time, maybe for our twenty first episode. Unless something, I hope I'm gonna say maybe we have a boring week. week. Yeah, yeah, let's have a boring news week. Let's have nothing crazy happen over the next week, and that'd be a great. Week in America and the world. Well, that was that was the that was the dark joke this week. It was like uh, America America had two mass shootings. We're back we're back to normal people. Yeah, great. So that's a pretty that's a pretty dark joke to have made. I don't like being I don't like being back to normal. Yeah, um, yeah. Maybe we should go back into another lockdown. Yeah, it's good for people's lives. <laughs> Got to save lives because lock yes. it, lock it down. I'm still waiting to be able to sign up for my shot. I'm technically fully vaccinated as of as of last Sunday. So oh, congratulations! Two, it was two weeks after my Johnson and Johnson shot. I'm I'm a fully vaccinated person. I still have nine more days before I can even sign up for my shot. So, not that I'm well, counting, but I'm counting. It's the, the perks of being a healthcare professional, I guess. 
Well, well, hopefully, if you're out there and you're eligible for getting your vaccine, go get it. Go get your Don't vaccine. Don't wait. Just Sign do up. it. It's Check safe. Check the website multiple times a day. Get, get, it's... get your vaccine as soon as possible. In Connecticut, there's a lot of openings in a lot of spots right now. They, they, they've they been having openings throughout the days. So there's definitely places to get it. So go get your vaccine. Keep the, you know, don't don't uh, do anything stupid this week. That's our, public, that's our public service announcement. Don't do anything stupid and get vaccinated. <laughs> and get vaccinated. And, and, and have fun. Hey, just have fun. Have, have, have a good life. Enjoy life as much know. as you can. <laughs> You only get you only get one. As far well, as we with, know, anyway. Yes, as far as we know, there's only one life. So enjoy it, live it to the fullest. I feel like we should have a motivational speech at the end of our show now because we brought we we talked about some dark things. It's about as most motivational as I get. I, I want to so. bring it back. Remember, the force is with you. Always. What was it? the 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 line before one of the Clone Wars episodes I watched yesterday was, "When you rescue others, you rescue yourself." Oh, that's deep. Yeah. Right. So with that, have a great week. See you.